1: They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots
2: today. Did you know you could help support the podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash paddle the letter N in Finn. You could also do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash paddle the letter N in Finn. Welcome back. Welcome
0: back. This is The Real Down. This is your host, Sam Jones, and uh, I've got a pretty awesome announcement to make. Well, we already made the announcement, but I want to welcome my new co-host, Mr. Dan Perry, to the show. How we doing, What, Dan? Up, what up? Doing good. Living the dream. Awesome, Ready man. to talking
3: about some CAG fishing. Hell to the yeah.
0: Well, I'm excited to have you on, my friend. Uh, you know, sad to see Brad go but uh he's moving on to do another segment and uh, i know he's excited about that and he's gonna bring a lot of value to that segment um you know but i i'm also excited about having you on you know me and me and brad were in a very similar similar geographic area and uh now we got you coming in and bringing in uh the the southern flair That's to the right. show so uh, I'm excited about that. I think uh, that's going to be cool. But uh, yeah, first episode, man. This should
3: be good. Yeah, I, I I think just listening to the all the northern stuff, there's a lot to be learned. And I, I do some regional stuff, but I usually don't make it up to the north too much. So it's really interesting for me to hear all that. And hopefully I can bring some, some insight from down here to help guys who are going to fish down here or just people who live down here now.
0: Yeah, well, I think even the the techniques that you guys use, uh, yeah. you know, are beneficial to guys all over. Same thing here. So, um, I remember when I went yeah. out west, I learned a lot out there, and Definitely. it was uh, it was fun. And I got to bring a lot of that stuff out here. Sounds good. Uh, all right. Well, without further ado, we've got a special guest tonight we are uh we're stepping away from the tournament recaps this week um it's a slow week in the tournament scene and uh, we're gonna talk about tournament series and clubs and our guest tonight is a tournament director our first tournament director we're going to continue to do that throughout the off season here um so excited to uh to have a conversation with mr jason young of indiana kayak anglers how we doing jason
4: all right man, man. thanks for having me thanks for having me this is uh this is awesome what you guys are doing with this paddle and thin podcast and the different uh the different series within the podcast stream that you guys are doing and this this is really cool uh good for kayak fishing good for kayak fishing clubs good for kayak fishing anglers uh, i have just really been enjoying it
0: yeah man it's uh it's definitely a cool platform that we have here and uh the different segments are always fun to listen and 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 be a part of, so you know hopefully we're bringing some value to some people and and tonight we're gonna get a uh in depth look at what it is to be a tournament director and and kind of promote your uh your tournament trail.
4: Well, I'll do my best to answer the questions as good as i can <laughs> Awesome,
0: awesome all right well, uh first and foremost, let's talk a little bit about Indiana kayak anglers um and uh what you guys are doing here in indiana so um you want to just give us kind of a brief rundown of what what uh the the series is because it's not a club it's a it's a
4: series uh here in indiana right yeah we don't we don't charge any membership fees or anything we keep it open um you know mostly just through trying to get new people into the sport you know it makes it easier if they don't have to pay a membership fee and and feel like they have to participate in all the events, you know, come out, try one out, and uh, see how it goes from there for you. Uh, so we do just run a series. Um, uh, we did, we've did. we done four events for the past several years. We're going to do five events in 2020, uh, just because everybody's been asking for more. They can't get enough. I guess. I. <laughs> I if, if you're a kayak angler in Indiana... And you want to do anything competitive? Um, it, there's plenty of opportunity, not just with Indiana kayak anglers, but with the other um, kayak fishing organizations in Indiana. I, I actually sat down today and, and tried to put a, a uh, calendar together with all of the events and for all of the clubs, and it it quickly grew out of control. <laughs> there's, yeah. I, there's a lot I going on in Indiana this year. I think I, I think there's 51 events on that calendar. Wow. wow. Which is just insane. So,
0: and and we could take we could go down the wormhole with this one, but we'll keep it brief. Do you think we're getting to a point where there's too much? Um,
4: in Indiana, I think we're still um, good because all of the all of the major clubs that are involved, of course, that's Indiana Kayak Anglers. There's Southern Indiana Yak Anglers Club, known as SIAC. There's Grassroots Bass Yakin, which was new for 2019. Um, and then there's Kike Anglers of Southern Indiana. And all wow. of the clubs within Indiana, actually, we all get along really well. And a lot of the anglers fish multiple clubs. There's no fighting. You know, we all work together uh, as much as we can on our schedule, so there's not a, a ton of overlap Um and everybody just enjoys fishing everyone's clubs. You know, the, the tournament directors for the other clubs fish the Indiana Kayak Anglers events. And, and I've done my best to fish other events um, as scheduled and time permits. You know, we just, we just all enjoy it. We all provide maybe something a little different to each of the anglers that might benefit them in some way um, so that everyone can have a good time with kayak fishing. We're all working together to help grow the sport. For sure.
3: You know, it's it, it's surprising for me that there's so many in a place like Indiana. I, I think being from Alabama, bass boat side, whenever I fish that down here, I could fish something every single weekend, multiple tournaments a week. The kayak stuff, we just don't have nearly as many as y'all do. So that's that's I, I hope some of that makes it down here too. But that that's awesome. Y'all have so much to do. I'm sure your wives hate it, but I'm sure it's <laughs> a lot of fun.
4: Yeah. Well, it's it's business, right? I I can, oh, honey, I, I gotta go fish this event. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, no, yeah,
0: I can attest to that. You guys definitely do an awesome job of working together, and and the communication I think has been key there. But uh, you know, when you look at when you sit down, because I've done the same thing, I broke down all the schedules this year. When you when you sit down and take a look at it, it's obvious that you guys were communicating uh, because there very there is very little overlap. With the local stuff,
4: yeah. One of the things that helped. Uh, um, so I'm just one of the members of the board of directors for Indiana Kayak Anglers, and I have uh, Jim Orr, uh, which uh, I'm sure anybody that's paid any attention to kayak fishing in the last two years knows who Jim Orr is. Uh, and we're definitely blessed to have him helping out with the with the Indiana Kayak Anglers, and then also I have Matt Gibson. Um, So the three of us together, we work really well together, and we were able to sit down and get a schedule together real early this year. Uh, This is by far the earliest we've ever released a schedule, and I think that helped drive everything else. And so uh, 2020 just looks amazing for Indiana kayak fishing. Dan, hopefully you can come up and join us for at least one of these events. I might Uh, have to. Whether it's one of ours or one of the other clubs, come up and enjoy some Indiana fishing, man. It's only seven hours away. It's not too far. Hop, skip, and a jump, baby. That's right. Get that (laughs) Tacoma rolling. We're all coming down there for the (laughs) NC, so, you know.
3: I got to ride back.
4: Sam and 900 of his best friends. Right.
3: (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's funny, too. I've heard a lot of people say it seems like a lot of people are going to focus more on their local stuff the in-state kind of things maybe fish it seems like with so many more in state that people are kind of planning to fish that more local stuff
4: well i think there's sam can probably attest to this a little bit because i i know he did a lot of trail and and pro stuff this year and and there's probably a huge wallet and financial aspect in that decision Uh, for sure
0: yeah, I I am one of those people who are looking more local this this coming season. I mean, yeah, gosh, I mean, when you go into it, you kind of know, right? If, I mean, you're sure. you, you're you're thinking about the money and the time, but it's not until you're actually doing it and living it that you realize how much you're investing. And I unfortunately didn't cash a bunch of checks this year, so. You know, you you definitely, you're dipping into into the savings accounts to do these things. And if you're not cashing checks, it's hard to continue it. I will fish nationally and regionally next year. But I I have, I'm one of those people, I'm really looking at the local stuff. I think the local trails are doing a really great job. Uh, I think they're growing. Uh, The schedules are amazing this year in Indiana. So it's going to be hard not to want to fish those things. But uh, yeah, I can understand it. There's definitely... A lot that goes into traveling uh, like that. And I enjoy it. Gosh, I enjoy it too much, um, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So, all right, enough about me. Um, <laughs> Jason, I'll, let's talk, because I want to get into the 2020 schedule, because we keep mentioning it, but we haven't you know, announced what it is. Um, but before we do that, I mean, 2019 was a killer year for IKA. I mean, some really cool stuff went down in 2019. So let's get into that a little bit. Let's little, let's do a little recap, uh, get, do some shout-outs here, and uh, talk about 2019. So let's start with four events. Where were those?
4: So we opened up the season on Summit Lake, which is a state park and reservoir, um, uh, east-central Indiana, Newcastle, Indiana area. Um, beautiful lake beautiful fishery um it's one of those that a lot of guys have asked for over the years and we always sort of hesitated to do anything on a state park lake because of all of the permitting process and everything that's involved with that but we uh sucked it up and did it this year and uh as our season opener we had 84 anglers show up to that one um wow. which just it blew me away um Some of the guys at Summit Lake, you know, that run, the park and the facility, they were they were amazed that now this is a lake. uh, One of the things you have to keep in mind is in central Indiana, there's central Indiana. There's not a whole lot of places to fish um, as far as being able to host a tournament. Um, We have a couple reservoirs around Indianapolis that get hammered. Uh, Summit Lake is another one of those that it just gets hammered through the year because there's not a lot of opportunity around here. Um, but they were even surprised to see, you know, 84 little plastic boats going around the water, you know, and and, and we had a wonderful day. Um, good numbers, good turnout. It was, it was an incredible season opener and really set the stage for what we saw for the rest of 2019. Awesome, awesome.
0: And then, you know, you had another big event. So IK, it, I think... If it's known for anything, it's known for the White River. Absolutely,
4: I mean, that's um, our every year. That's our our biggest event every
0: year. And, and this year was even bigger because of the Hobie Bass Open Series bringing out the satellite events, and uh, you were fortunate enough to pair up with them and bring a Hobie event to Indiana. And my goodness i mean it it was talk uh, about turnout
4: it was crazy so part of the reason that came about is because aj mcorder used to actually be uh the hobie rep in indiana and the surrounding states uh prior i i really i'm not sure what region he does now if if he's still doing that but um uh so he's actually been on the white river because he came to visit uh our local dealer one time and and a Uh, Nathan uh, Pickering and AJ and a few other guys actually went out on the White River and and AJ got to enjoy the the lovely smallmouth that we have in that river. And uh, that's sort of how that came about. He actually reached out to Nathan uh, when Nathan was still on the board of directors for Indiana Kayak Anglers and said, hey, we're we're doing these satellite events. We're trying to get a list together um, of venues that we could host these at. And I'd really like to put White River on the map or, you know, on the on the possibility list. And uh lo and behold, everything came through and they they chose uh that event for the satellite event and uh that put Indiana Kike Anglers in position to kind of run the local side of things, right? And uh we ran it in, in tandem with our event on the White River and uh everything was just wonderful. We just we just had a great time. The turnout was unbelievable. I, I wish I wish we would have been able to get more guys to fish the satellite side of things. We only had 35 guys sign up for that, but it did give us a little bit of draw from other States. We had anglers come down from Michigan, uh, from Illinois, uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, uh, that came into town to fish that event. And I think they enjoyed it and had a good time. I believe everybody had a good time, but we, uh, we actually had 92 on the Indiana side of the event. And so, just Ooh, absolutely yeah. insane and uh i know cole garland who won the satellite event you know he'll be down at the tournament of champions next weekend and uh he had a heck of a payday <laughs> you know he, he won he won the indiana kayak anglers event he won the the uh satellite event and then i believe he also had big bass yeah so are, are,
3: are these normal turnouts 84 and 92 i mean that's kind of blowing me away how many <laughs>
4: so i wouldn't call it normal um our previous i think our previous record was 82 also for a season opener that is sort of the kind of the trend you see in a lot of local trails right like everybody's itching to get out and so your season opener is usually your one of your bigger events now the white river event was actually our last regular season event of the year we always put that one in in late summer uh mostly for safety reasons right late late summer your rivers are going to recover from heavy rains a little quicker, and and generally the water is going to be a little safer. You, you've got a better chance of the water being safer for a river event. Um, so those the eighty four and the ninety two were were definitely high. Our other two events last year had fifty six and fifty seven. So we averaged seventy two across still, all four regular that, season events. So and, that's uh, still a great turnout. Yeah, uh, we we are pleased as punch at that. You will never. Never hear us complain about that one at all. And, uh, you know, big shout out to Tony X and Dwayne Wally because there's no darn way we could manage those events without Tourney X. There's just no way. Yeah.
0: I mean, you, you see smaller turnouts than your lowest turnout at KBF. Yeah. Regional events. I mean, yeah. you know, um eighty four ninety two is just is amazing. And I think that that kind of tells the story about what's kind of going on here in indiana and that question i asked you earlier do we maybe have too many options in indiana too many trails no we got a crap ton of anglers right who are starving for these tournaments and asking for more you know Um, just
4: just to show the you know just a little anecdote about the growth of the sport of kayak fishing in indiana uh so i grew up in northeast indiana and dan if you don't know um Northeast Indiana, there's just uh, a blue million natural lakes up there. Um, Where I grew up, my dad and I were going to go fishing on a Saturday morning. The hardest decision we had for the day was which one of the 60 lakes that's a 30-minute drive from our house do we want to go fish. I mean, there's just a ton of lakes up there. And so my dad, my folks still live up there. And my dad is retired now, and he spends four to five days a week on the water fishing. And he says he, he couldn't tell you the last time he went fishing on any one of those lakes up there where he didn't see somebody kayak fishing. And, and it has just become a a steady increase in the visibility of kayak fishing while he's on the water, you know, just some guy in a boat, you know what I mean? And so I I think that's, that's a testament to the growth of the sport in Indiana. And, And granted, not everybody wants to fish a tournament, um, right. but a lot of people do. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. obvious.
0: Awesome. So let's give some shout-outs. We finished out at the White River there. Then you go into the championship, crown a champion, and an angler of the year. Let's talk about that.
4: Yeah, so so uh, Aiden Darlington pretty well dominated our series this year, and this is actually the third year in the row He's been our angler of the year. Uh, Wow! Pretty insane domination. I actually don't have the statistics in front of me, but I think he was. I think he cashed a paycheck in every event. So, um, yeah, it it was pretty pretty well dominated. Now our um, our series champion from the from the actual championship event was Jackson Orr. Again, if you don't know the name, you haven't been paying attention. I, don't I might I have heard, heard that. that name before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you may have. What twice. <laughs> was what was absolutely unbelievable about that tournament is um, we actually this event we actually had uh, two lakes in play, uh, two smaller lakes. It's one nice thing about our championship event. You know, we only got 16 guys, so we can we can choose smaller bodies of water. Um, but in this case, we actually had two bodies of water that were launches were just a few minutes away from each other. And uh, Jackson actually changed legs with an hour to go in the tournament. And in that last hour, he upgraded three times. And the best part was his biggest fish of the day in his final upgrade. He took that photo, the timestamp when he submitted his Attorney X. The timestamp was one second before lines out.: Wow. So he caught that's, his big he know. caught his biggest fish of the day, got it on the board and took the picture with one second left. Absolutely. Talk about fishing every second, yeah. Nah, not not quitting, that's for sure. And and that fish was what he needed actually to push him into first place. Yeah. So that was yeah. that was unreal.
0: I remember yeah. talking to him about that. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's crazy. So yeah, shout out to those guys. Aiden taking the third AOY in a row. In a row. And
4: and and you know, I think in some local trails you might brush that one off a little bit, but we have some serious sticks that fish with us. We have a lot well, look like at Jackson, right? We've Jackson. we've actually got a lot of young younger guys that fish with us that I, I would I would put up against about anyone. Um and and maybe that's a good segue into crossroads. So so our crossroads classic tournament this year um was Aiden Jackson, uh, Nick Matthews, um, Aaron Wilson, and Josh Robbins. Um, and those five guys just absolutely fished lights out, uh, had an incredible tournament. So they finished day one. They were in fourth place as a team. Um, and, and when I say team, I know there were some other clubs that maybe didn't have a whole lot of cohesiveness uh, amongst each of the anglers that were fishing. But these guys fished like a team. Day two, they went out and every single one of those guys fished better on day two than they did on day one. And other than a few of the guys who didn't have a limit on day one, I'm pretty sure they were the only five guys that did that. And so through communication with each other on the water, helping each other out, they were able to go out and and just fish lights out on day two. Um, We did have an unfortunate incident on day two, and one of our anglers who uh, actually had 87 inches on the board um, accidentally went out of bounds. So on Newton Lake, there were some out-of-bounds areas, and he went out of bounds uh, just, you know, trying to he was basically trying to upgrade in that last couple hours and just you know wasn't paying attention whatever but he fished out of bounds which is a disqualification and so we had one score on our team of five that was actually a zero instead of an 87 and uh, still finished in third place as a team so but the best part about all of that going back to the whole team thing and, and a testament to the anglers that fished with indiana kayak anglers um, and entirely, the entirety of the success of this organization is that all of those guys supported each other. Nobody got down on the angler that got disqualified. They all had his back, one hundred and ten percent. Like I told, like I told him, I was like, man, these guys, these guys will go out fishing with you tomorrow if you ask him. You know what I mean? Nobody was mad at him. Things yeah. happened. They understood that, had his back. Uh, I couldn't have been more as a tournament director. I was actually there on day two and and as a tournament director, um, you know, Indiana kayak anglers is kind of my baby. And at that point I I was super proud of my kids. (laughs) Yeah. I I really was. And it was awesome. Very cool. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. They definitely, uh, definitely impressed me out there. I knew they were going to do well. And, um, they uh they didn't disappoint and i'm i'm looking for them to claim the trophy next year that's, and, that's the goal and, hey if uh if i stick around and am able to fish some local stuff you know maybe i'll maybe i'll make a play for that team we never we never know so uh i uh, unfortunately didn't get to fish any IK events last year i was gonna fish the white river and work uh, screwed me out of that one so thanks work <laughs> um but uh you know
4: shout out work
0: yep thanks work <laughs> Appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, all right. So moving on, because um, we've got a we've got a few other topics to uh, to cover here tonight. This is going to be a jam packed show for sure. Um, so, you know, we got a recap of 2019. And as we were talking about for before, guys are begging for more. So this year you're doing five regular season. That's correct and a championship giving them an extra tournament covering another month uh let's go let's do a quick little rundown of the schedule this year all
4: right 2020 we're going to open on april 25th on lake wawasee slash uh lake syracuse or syracuse lake i'm not real sure the order on that one but um so wawasee is a super popular uh tournament destination in in northern indian northern ish indiana it's in cosiasco county um beautiful lake uh lots of good fish in that lake we've avoided this lake uh for several years despite some demand uh mostly because i've spent plenty of time on that lake in a bass boat and there's times of that year i wasn't even comfortable in a bass boat out there it gets an insane amount of traffic not just from fishermen but from pleasure boaters and i think they have a sailboat race there every weekend too it's it's crazy it gets nuts but that's why we're damn open. sailboats just <laughs> get out of my wind. That was, um, was it semen. Sorry. <laughs> <go>. <laughs> yeah, but uh, um, we decided to go ahead and put it on the schedule this year, and we're going early, so we should avoid a lot of that traffic. Uh, Wawa Sea is a pretty large lake; it's three thousand acres. Uh, Syracuse is attached to it via a channel; it's four hundred acres. Uh, both lakes produce fish, uh, nice fish. There's smallmouth in the lakes um nice. i've seen some pretty big small come out of those lakes and it also sets up kind of nice for kayak fishing uh because there's actually two boat ramps and if you look at them on a map they're basically polar opposite of each other right so one of the public launches is on syracuse and the other uh public launch is clear on the other end of Wawasee. so i think that sets up pretty well for for a kayak tournament too especially on a body of water of 3,000 acres so absolutely uh, event two, we're heading May 30th to Salamonee. Um, Salamone is a reservoir in North central Indiana. It's, uh, roughly 2,600 acres. Uh, also an interesting body of water. It's the Salamonee river dammed up. So it's a reservoir with a lot of fingers and stuff. Um, uh, but the way that sets up, it's mostly surrounded by various, um, state parks and, fish and wildlife areas and stuff that I don't believe there's any actual, Commercial or I'm sorry, residential development on the lake. Uh, but because of the way it's set up, uh, there's actually 10 different launches on that lake wow. uh, that guys will cool. be able to use. So definitely everybody should be spread out for that one. Uh, we're hoping to kind of turn this event into a little bit of a social event too. Uh, there's a lot of options for camping and stuff. So we're, you know, we're still throwing around ideas and trying to get the planning done on that one. But we're hoping to kind of make this a little more of a family destination tournament type thing. So plenty to Very plenty cool. to do there yeah you That's know i go good
0: ahead, idea. yeah i uh i've been in indiana most of my life and fishing in indiana for a long time i've never heard of this lake so i'm i'm interested in this one
4: it's uh it's again one of those uh central indiana doesn't have a whole lot of water type things and this this kind of if you if you look at it on a map it sort of kind of falls in between the central Indiana and the northern Indiana type of lo- location, uh, which is part of the reason why we chose it to, you know, try and stay central without being central, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, yeah, absolutely. Yep. You know.
3: so, so our stop next number op- three,
4: stop number three, June 27th on Geist Reservoir. So Geist is one of those, uh, one of those gets hammered a lot popular Big bass destinations in central Indiana. Um, had kind of a rough year this year from what I what I've been able to gather. Um, they went a little crazy on spraying the spraying the weeds. and um, that lake that that's your main structure for holding fish is that vegetation. so you start killing it and they're gonna stack up wherever you can find them. But it's about yeah. just shy of two thousand acres there. It's just northeast of Indianapolis um we've we've had plenty of events at geist in the in the past we've had two or three i think uh we skipped it this year um but we're gonna go back next year it's it's always a it's always a fun tournament so that one has uh three launch locations there's a public park uh up the creek actually where you can launch for free and then uh the geist marina actually runs two other public launches Um, so there will be fees for those two launches, but we're working with them now to kind of keep those fees under control. a little crazy. So that actually wraps up our our lake series. So those three events are lakes. And then we're going to finish up the season, uh, the regular season anyways, with our two river events. And, uh, these are actually the same two river events we fished in 2019. Uh, of course, we have to have the white River event but uh last year we went to the Tippecanoe River for the first time and uh it was well regarded um fishing was fishing was pretty good uh the river set up well again for for kayak fishing kayak tournaments at least and uh so we're gonna go back. <laughs> So, we're going to use the same launches as we did in 2019. Uh, there, there's actually two lakes along that stretch of the Tippecanoe River, uh, but we want this to be a, a moving water event. And so the lakes will be off limits unless we need to use them for safety reasons. But uh, um, very cool. 2019, we have 57 anglers on that one. It took uh, 86 and three quarter inches to win, and big bass. Was a 21 inch smallmouth from Jackson, OR. Wow. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there. it was a beast. Nice. That's on, I don't know. Did I say what date that was? I don't. Think I, I don't did. think
0: so. Yeah, I don't think uh, you listed yeah. the dates for either White
4: River or the. Yeah. So July 25th is the first of our river events on the Tippecanoe, and then August 8th will be our final regular season event, and you know the perennial favorite of the White River. Yeah nice we'll do uh yeah go ahead
0: and then where are we wrapping it up at for
4: the for the championship uh championship right now will be on palestine so that's a it's not a very big lake it's in northern indiana it's only 290 acres but again um since it's a championship and it'll be a limited number of anglers we can go to the smaller bodies of water and palestine definitely has a history of big fish so yes, it does. Yes, yes sir. It does. So, wow. All right.
0: Sweetness. That's a, that's a pretty sweet schedule. I'm not going to lie. We're pretty like excited it. about it. <laughs> you did well. You did well. So, um, the only question I, the only other question I have about the 2020 schedule and then we'll move on is, you know, this year, uh, Hobie's not doing the satellite event. So mm-hmm. we're not going to have that in conjunction. Uh, any plans to, kind of pull in some of those out-of-staters back to that event and kind of you know um make that a, a really big event or just speaking kinda... of
4: you specifically the white river event again correct um we haven't uh we haven't discussed a, a whole lot of the marketing that we're going to go through next year um kind of kind of giving ourselves a break after sit down doing the schedule and then like i said jim's Jim's heading to Washtenaw uh, this week, and yeah. you know, I'm trying to find all my cold-weather gear so I can fish the turkey bowl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I yeah. just uh, dug out some of mine, too. So
3: <laughs>
4: We're, we're hoping right. that, that a lot of the, that at least some of the, the anglers that fished with us from out of state last year for that White River event will, you know, some word of mouth will help. And, you know, maybe they'll want to come back and bring some of their some of their buddies with them. And, um, you know, all we can do is the best we can. We we feel like Indiana Kaik Anglers has worked really hard over the years to to create a good reputation for ourselves and, and our anglers that fish with us. So hopefully we can keep that up and, and hopefully that will help with some of the draw. And then we'll look into some other marketing aspects and avenues that we could use to draw.
0: So let's talk about that reputation a little bit.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I agree. I think that is uh, what you guys are known for is hosting really great events and taking care of your anglers. Um, so, you know, me and Dan and a lot of the listeners here are, are anglers. And, and you know, we probably have a few tournament directors listening, too. But let, I, I would like to hear from the tournament director standpoint um, what you feel makes a good local series and and what kind of considerations you take going into that because there's a lot of conversation within the kayak fishing community right now about that with the national and regional level stuff so it's going to be kind of interesting i think to hear from you on the local level those considerations you take and 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 why you feel like you guys have been so successful at building this reputation
4: um it's definitely multifaceted right so I, I think I think part of the reason that we've been so successful is that we were here early on, right? And then um gosh, I it's gonna sound cliche, but honestly, it, it really is the anglers that fish with us. I think a lot of the a lot of the clubs and organizations and, and different things that, that have issues, um really comes down to just uh, a community that doesn't police itself very well. And I think the fact that we got in early um, and and have been able to just kind of allow the community to build itself, then the community starts to police itself a little bit, right? So if you've got anglers that could be troublemakers or they just or, or could be problems, right? they don't feel comfortable because they're the minority and so they kind of see their way out. Does, it, does that make sense? Like yeah, I, yes, yeah, sure. Like, yeah. like, I don't think it's anything that we're necessarily doing right. It's just we're, we're trying not to do anything wrong and and really lift up the people that are good people in this community and let them sort of, you know, shine the light of what we expect out of people that fish our tournaments.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you guys do, you do a really great job of, of putting that spotlight on those anglers, you know, after the events and, and and making sure you're giving them proper shout outs and doing the go lives. And so I think that's really cool. Um, You know, talk a little bit about the dynamic, you know, you got three tournament directors there at IKA do you think that plays a part in it having all those voices that can really kind of cipher through everything and, and, and put together, you know, a really awesome tournament series?
4: So, so the current, the current board with Jim, Matt and I, we, we work really well together. We can bounce ideas off of each other. We build on each other's ideas and then we all agree at the end. Well, yeah, that's the way we need to do it. Um, they actually helped talk me out of something I had been stingy about for years uh, to help streamline the the, the day-to-day, pro- the tournament day processes uh, for our events in 2019, and, and it was an absolute blessing. Um, and that, you know, that helped a lot, and that took them talking me into it, but it was never a fight. We work well together. Um, we've just always had a strong board. You know, we've we've had some board members in the past that, that are no longer part of indiana kayak anglers but have been absolutely essential in what indiana kayak anglers is now right with nathan pickering uh he, nathan is really the one who started this whole thing uh he started one club central indiana kayak anglers and that just grew into indiana kayak anglers and we have mike densel and uh, jameson olson and um joe armstrong all those guys have had a voice in in what we are now and have been part of it awesome for, sure. for, for, for the uh
3: for with your tournament with your series being ran so well and your growing membership, you've gotta be doing something right. Is there something that you would tell the other tournament directors, maybe a word of advice that you've seen that maybe they should be doing that maybe they're not? Not not to call anybody out, just
4: no. Kind of um
3: best practice.
4: So so I think one of the other things that we do really, really well and um I think the White River event this year sorry guys, can is my furnace causing a lot of background noise
0: a little bit but it's all right yeah, yeah.
4: um i'll try and shield it a little bit
3: don't be cold
4: <laughs> well i'm out in the garage it's already cold um i think one of the things that we did really well this we've done really well in the past but it really sh- uh stood out this year is is planning going up to the event so i know one of the things that we got a lot of really positive feedback on this year related to the the hobie bass open satellite event was uh, how much information we provided to anglers so we you know we uh, especially on river events right so river events there's 17 different launch locations along the stretch of river you're allowed to fish well we put it all on a google map and so you could go and interact with the launches and, and we provided as much information as we possibly could and i think if you can do that for every event um you're gonna make everybody that's coming to fish with you a little more comfortable right you're taking some of the questions out of it they can focus on the fishing they can fo- focus on the fun and not have to worry about every little detail so i think planning is key and communicating is is paramount uh yeah. communicating before yeah. the event communicating nice. during the event and communicating after the event it's always always paramount And we, you know we, we always We always kind of regroup at the end of every event and try and figure out what we could do differently next time and 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 sam i appreciate your kind words about us promoting the anglers but we honestly feel we could do a better job of that and we'll we'll try to do so uh we will definitely be shooting to do better in 2020 for that for sure
0: yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to do my part with user kayak Bassin, which is what we started that whole thing for was to promote the trails and the anglers right. to do a better job as well. I think we're always going to be trying to improve on that. I think every tournament trail and series and club has some room for improvement there. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll do that in 20 2020. All right, so um let's let's talk about another another topic related to the club and some decision making that has to go on. So you guys are a KBF partner um, mm-hmm. and have been. and you know, you guys observe most KBF rules, but there is one particular rule that has <laughs> that has been a conversation piece, <laughs> not only here in Indiana, but nationally. Um, and you know, you guys have taken the stance saying, n- "No, it's not allowed," and and that's the the topic of the motor. Right. So
4: I, I knew you what is be the on this on this one. Yeah, too.
0: I have to. <laughs> <man>. The, the <laughs> listeners want to know.
4: You're just worried you, about having to take your trolling motor off when you uh, off, aren't you? Well, a motor.
0: hey, <laughs> no. Fu- funny enough, funny enough, <laughs> if you go back. So the very first podcast I did with Brian on the OG show, I think I talked about this. I'm not actually a motor guy. I actually prefer to paddle. Mm -hmm. But when I went to fish the KBF stuff, I started out without a motor this Mm -hmm. year. And I quickly realized that I was putting myself at a disadvantage for no reason at all. So I got the motor. So I actually would prefer... That motors not be a part of the game, but I also understand, and I think, I think Chad did a really good job of explaining this at the trail series championship. I also understand the necessity for it. Um, so I'm now, I kind of put myself on that fence, kind of, I'm kind of on the fence, but, Mm -hmm. um, I do want to hear from from a tournament director and from a trail series, you know, who has said, hey, this is not something we're going to allow um, and get your take on that.
4: So just just so you know, I'm I'm not a hard ass on this rule. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I could go either way, too. Right. But in this case, it's not necessarily what my opinion is. That's not necessarily what's important to me. Like I have my opinion, but so does everyone else. Right. What Mm -hmm. I have to look at is, you know, we look at... Let's look at our Summit Lake event last year. So, we had, what, 84 anglers there. Um, There's probably 80 of them that would be angry if we allowed motors. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So, you know, using an electric motor on a kayak is definitely another growing trend in the industry. And so, this is something we're definitely going to have to revisit each and every year, right? But until I think until it becomes a little more mainstream, it's it's a difficult thing for a local trail to adopt. Just because like I said, you're gonna have a lot of people that are gonna look at it as an unfair advantage. And that's their opinion, right? You and I could argue both sides of the fence, like you said, even with that angler, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're gonna be happy about it. So yeah. we kinda have to we kinda have to balance it out if that makes sense.
3: Yeah, I'm, me personally, I'm in the same boat as Sam. If if I were fishing a series or a club that allowed motors, if I didn't have one, I'd feel like I was at a disadvantage. So I probably wouldn't fish a series that allowed them un, unless it was for disabled reasons, just because, you know, I'm one of those people I need to have the best or I... Mm-hmm. I, I
2: think
3: I
4: lost you there, Dan.
0: Yeah. I think Dan froze up there for a second there, but I think we got the gist of what you were saying there. You know, right. it, when, when, when you, it's like going out with a fish finder or without a fish finder, I'm going to have yeah. a fish finder if it's allowed, you know, Right. if I can take eight rods with me or 10 rods, you know, I'm going to take 10 rods if that's allowed, you know, um, If I can have, you want to have every advantage that you can on the water. And again, we can go, that's a whole nother topic. We can start going through this whole conversation. But um, I just kind of want, like I said, I just wanted to kind of get your take there, Jason. And and you answered my second question while answering my first question, you know, going forward, what does that look like? And, you know, you said, hey, that's something that we've got to address every year. So, Am I summing it up correctly by saying when you feel like the majority will adopt it and accept it, then you, as a tournament trail, will then accept it?
4: I mean, I, I can't speak directly to how we'll make that decision or what that basis will be, but um, it'll be more around more around the acceptance of competing against people using electric motors. Does that make sense? So sure not necessarily that a majority of people have electric motors but people understanding that is an advantage that they can take advantage of or not take advantage of right it's it's sort of the same argument that has been had for years of paddle versus pedal right mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's exactly it, it's, it's, it's it's the exact same argument and and now you know before people were were angry with you know allowing hobie pro anglers with the mirage drive because they gave them such a great advantage well so I spent several years on the Hobie fishing team. And so I had to field those issues for a while, you know, and uh, my argument was that my argument that I had for that would be the same I would have for the electric motors. And that's, yeah, I, I may be able to get to some water faster than you while you're paddling, but that doesn't mean that there's fish there. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, The electric motors probably have a a slightly larger advantage than the paddle versus pedal just for longevity's sake. Um, I think from a local trails perspective, um, they don't perhaps provide that big of an advantage and not enough to accommodate the people that would want to use them to upset the people that don't want to allow them right like if you look at look at our events for 2020 so the biggest body of water we're going to be on in 2020 is 3000 acres uh eh, it's not that big right it's not like you're on it's not like you're on a, a you know Kentucky lake where you might make a 10 mile run in a day right you're you're just not so like enough. I'm talking talking myself in circles but that, no i i that think thus is the thus is the topic right? yeah right yeah the argument will never end yeah that's correct
0: no it, and you'll never please won't.
4: everybody and that's also the thing you have to think about too as a director right yeah so so we have to try and please the majority if that makes sense
0: it does and i i think the way you're going through this and you're explaining it and we're kind of seeing the thought process and and what is allowed you guys to build this reputation that you have right here. I mean, this is a perfect example of what we talked about just before, you know, you're thinking about the entire community and you're thinking about what your anglers, your competitors want first, rather than about what you want and what you would like to see, you know, it's not about, Hey, I'm IK or the three of you as a body we're IK and this is, this is how it's going to be. You guys are taking a look at it from the larger picture. What, what are our anglers want? The majority of our anglers want, what do they need? Um, and then providing that for them. So I think that's cool. Um, all right. So I'll let you off the, off the hot seat with the motor topic now <laughs> and, uh, that. we'll, we'll, mo- yeah, we'll move on. <laughs> To some other things Dan Dan, you got any I'm doing a lot of talking here And uh, of course that's because You know I'm here in Indiana Fish this Or will be fishing this trail And I know Jason But you got anything
4: Well well Dan's going to come up And fish some too with us right I would like to
3: Yeah, (laughs) I mean It's funny You were saying all these Different places I've, I've You know a lot of them I have heard of And it'd be Especially white
0: Lost him again I know. Every time he starts to talk about something good, we lose him. And and yeah,
4: I Are won't you? make any comments about where the screen froze on the webcam. Oh,
0: <laughs> I will. He's puckered yeah. up right now.
4: Yeah, he's, give, he's blowing kisses. Am I back now? You're oh, hello? you're back.
0: You're back. Yeah.
4: I don't know. Sam, I don't know Sam, what did happened. You, did you take a screenshot of that uh, frozen face? <laughs> Man, I should have. You should have.
3: We, we just got the internet here in Alabama. I'm sorry. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs>
0: Your hands no, I, wear out. I think you were saying something <laughs> about. <laughs> I think you were saying something about wanting to fish up at Geist, or you've heard of Geist?
3: Yeah, Geist, Tippecanoe, White River. I mean, that they, they all sound like you know places that you've heard about for a long time, and something I would definitely like check out. Uh, that I'm definitely hearing a lot of differences. Um, things that y'all do, they're different than us. Do, do y'all, not to bring back the motor thing, but do y'all allow disabled to use motors? I know that was a topic on some other places, and and just something I've been interested to hear from a, a tournament director.
4: You know, it's not something that's ever come up. It, it just hasn't. Um, I imagine it's something that we would, I, I, with the community that we have, if the to, if the question did come up and the topic did come up, whether or not it's been written in our rules explicitly. I know our anglers would understand if we made the decision to allow a particular angler to use the motor. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, I I don't feel like I'd have any negative feedback from anybody on that. I think everybody would be understanding and, and we could approach that bridge when we, when we get there. Right.
0: You know, since we're back on the motor topic, Oh (laughs)
4: Lord. Way to go, Dan. I'm (laughs) sorry. No, no, (laughs) no,
0: no. Um, I didn't ask. I think I know the answer, but, I, I didn't officially ask, are motors out for the 2020 season?
4: As of now, yes.
0: What? hold on, wait, as of now?
4: Well, again, we'll, we'll always approach the topic as we need to. Um, okay. But that's the decision we've made as of now. Yep.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. I, God I, bless
3: tournament directors. <laughs> I feel as so a- bad for you all.
0: I do. I'm going to have to recondition though. I, I got lazy out there. So I'm going to have to go out there and recondition, get ready on, for
4: on your paddling muscles.
0: Yeah. Get ready for that, for that paddle. Um, all right. All right. So moving on, moving on. Um, there's another hot topic right now in the kayak fishing industry. Um, it, well in the fishing industry as a whole, and it's this, this, uh, topic of a new format, relatively new, uh major league fishing uh you know we've seen it for years um on the mlf side but then they came out with the bass pro tour this year and did a pro level series based off of mlf um i know when i was up at lacrosse for the trail series championship you know at the house we were talking with uh the guys and this this conversation came up and kind of got a little heated um and, and that's mostly my fault I was pushing the envelope a little bit (laughs) though. I agreed with everyone's stance. I was playing devil's advocate a little bit and they might've gotten a little annoyed with me. Understandably so though. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, uh, I'm again going to bring it up because I do think it is something that people are talking about a lot. So MLF we could see in the future possibly, you know, an MLF style format trail or series uh, adopted uh, here in the kayak world. What's your, what's your take and thoughts on that, you know, as a tournament director?
4: So we actually have a little bit of history with this. Uh, two years ago, I think it was 2017, um, we actually utilized an unlimited format for our championship. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, we have just an absolute butt ton of lakes in northern Indiana. So what we did leading up to the championship is we had um, we had drawn or we had given a list of eight eight I li- believe lakes that are centrally located to each other, geographically close to each other. And then the night before, we drew a lake. So guys could practice on any of those eight lakes or all of those eight lakes, but they didn't know till the night before the tournament which lake they were going to be fishing on the championship. And so we chose, uh, we drew out of a hat, we drew uh, Winona, is the name of the lake. And, uh, but then we used the unlimited format. Um, I think it was fun, but it, don't think an unlimited format in a one-day event like that uh, actually translates well in cpr and the reason i say that is like if you look at the mlf format where they're you know they're weighing them to score them and then putting them back in the water um you catch a, a 12 inch fish it might or might not make that one pound limit but let's say it does let's say that 12 inch fish is one pound okay but then you go and catch a seven and a half pounder right so it in mlf format that would score seven and a half times as much as that 12 incher in cpr format it might be 24 inches and score twice as much so i would actually be better off catching two 12 inch fish in a cpr unlimited format than i would finding that 24 inch fish does mm-hmm. that make sense so i i think i think length versus weight is where the translation or is where it breaks down in kayak fishing.
3: And where were they doing it, it? Did y'all do it through tourney X and they charged the same amount to do unlimited?
4: That's yes, they did. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's actually when you, when you set up a tournament in, um, uh, in tourney X, that's actually an option. I think it's like extreme fishing XLF or some, I actually think that's what it's called in tourney X, but yeah, he does allow it. Um, It it probably helped that we only, again, it was our championship event, so we only had, I think we only had 12 guys that tournament, 13 guys that tournament, so. That's got to be a nightmare to judge those events, though. I I would never want to do it if it was, was, you know, 50 guys in the event. I think it was fine for the fact that it was a a limited um, participation event, but I I don't think it translated very well. I, I think it was fun. It probably wasn't a good idea to make that our championship.
0: Hmm. Fair, enough. Fair enough.
3: At least you tried yeah. new things. I I think, you know, just the board is changing all.
4: Screenshot.
3: And you've done. Am I still going here? No, you're hey, back. W- we, um, we
0: figured out if you have anything important to say, it's going to freeze. Yeah. And if you're just goofing <laughs> off, it's fine.
3: No, it's, it, it seems like everything you do, you're doing in a thoughtful way and trying new things. And yeah, who knows where our sport's going to be in five years. And That's absolutely I, right. I, I think you have to try those different things like that. And, you know, kudos, props to y'all for doing it because I've never seen it done
4: down here. Absolutely. We we had a lot of fun with it, but like I said, I don't think it was necessarily, I, I don't know. It, it, did, did you guys get my point about the difference between length and weight and how it yeah. doesn't necessarily translate? Well, is that kind of your opinion on that too, and using that format in, in kayak fishing?
0: Well, I, I have, like I said, I've played devil's advocate, and then I've spoken my piece about it as well and, and what I think about MLF format but I've never gone at it from that angle, I've never looked at it from that angle. Um and thought about that. So that was kind of that was kind of eye-opening for me and it does make sense 100% and I agree. So uh I I think that's definitely uh a, a good point to bring up. Um and something you probably wouldn't get from someone other than a tournament director. So <laughs> That's pretty uh, cool. Or
4: probably the 11 other anglers that didn't win that event. Probably yeah. have that same feeling too. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> what exactly. could be interesting? I I think the idea is fun, right? Like it's pretty awesome to, man. I want to go out and catch forty fish, and those are all going to score for me. So maybe what we need to look into, um, as a as a community or whatever, maybe we need to look into some sort of a way of scaling those lengths a little bit, right? Like build some sort of scale in there to where. You know, this 12 inch fish counts as 12 inches, but if you catch an 18 inch fish, it's going to count as 21. Or, you know, More you know of what a I'm saying? Point system, than yeah. An inch. Right. Like change yeah. inches to points somehow. I, I think it could be done, right? I haven't I, thought about I think, it too much, but
0: I think what would pro- I, my vision of it, and this is kind of a futuristic version of it, is the only way I see it kind of working in kayak fishing is where you go to a weight format where guys are weighing their fish. But obviously the problem of that is being able to police it, being able to make sure that guys are doing it ethically. So like my futuristic version, right? When I'm thinking like 20, 30 kayak bass fishing, I'm thinking boats fully rigged out with live cameras and, or refs being out there. But I think if you got the entire thing rigged out with, live cameras and that would be possible thanks to 5g and all that you know then you can visually see it but that's that's a really futuristic
4: thing well, and, you, and, and you want to talk about a nightmare to judge right so then you're and yeah. you're then you've got to have a whole panel of judges that are monitoring these speeds mm. throughout the entire day yeah um but maybe you touched on something so so if we go back and look at um how we utilize that format in a championship event where we have a limited participation, right? Like it wouldn't necessarily be difficult to, if you had a, a top 10 event, so you only had 10 anglers and kayaks, it wouldn't necessarily be hard to find eight, nine, 10 voters that yeah. could follow them around and actually weigh the fish for them. Right. right. Like more budget. It. Yeah. I, it's possible, but I, yeah. I think you're right. I think, I think straight up CPR in an MLF format is, it just, it just isn't going to work.
3: And to, yeah. to me, just, I, I've never done it, but thinking about it, being a kayak, just the process of taking that many pictures and measuring that many fish, it just <laughs> seems like that part would suck. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think again, and maybe I'm just a traditionalist. I don't know, but I think it takes away from the art of the five fish limit. And 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 this was the argument that a lot of the guys at the house there at Lacrosse were making. And again, I, I was pushing the conversation and, and challenging, and coming at it from a different angle. But I 100% agree with them. I enjoy the five fish format, the strategy that goes into that. Um, And I think the MLF format is mostly about media. It's mostly about advertising. It's mostly about getting a lot of views, um, and grabbing the attention of non-tournament anglers, um, which there are, there are positives to that. There's, you know, drawing new people to our industry and to our sport. That's what we're all trying to do. And that's just another form of doing it. But I think from an angler aspect, it just really doesn't translate. Um, it's,
4: it's fun to watch.
0: It is fun to I, watch.
4: I, I almost see a, a little, I, I agree with you a hundred percent, but from a competitor standpoint, the fact that the competitors know exactly where they stand every minute of the day, that's a completely different aspect. So if I'm out on the water in, in a kayak tournament, or if I'm fishing a, a boat tournament, like I know how I'm doing. And I know how the guy that just went by me told me he was doing, but until I get into the weigh-in or until I get to see the leaderboard at the end of the day on tourney X, I'm not really sure where I'm at, right? Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a mental game there, but then you add the aspect of hell, I know exactly where I'm at. That yeah create, creates an entirely different level of adrenaline to, in, in my opinion. So I think from the it angler does. aspect, that's probably where some of those guys enjoy it, is from, is from that adrenaline the, the whole day is just balls to the wall right yeah, yeah.
0: and and we can continue this conversation oh, forever yeah. but absolutely uh, you know one thing we could do now the problem again a lot of the problems that play into some of these different formats is signal issues um at these lakes but you think like for in a perfect scenario you're on a lake where everyone has a great signal there's no issue with uploading fish you could leave le- leaderboard up and you could make a rule where a guy has to submit a fish within five minutes of catching it. And then that live leaderboard is truly live. It is that automatic update. And then we do get that same feel of the, uh, you know, the MLF format or the unlimited catch format, whatever you want to call it. Um with our traditional tournament our five fish tournament but again that's an ideal situation which we don't always have that's crazy. um so but again we we could we could take that conversation on for days and maybe that's an that's another podcast where we will <laughs> go into all the the different wormholes there but uh i think That'd it's cool to, yeah i think it's cool to get your take on that and uh maybe if we do have an mlf podcast at some point we'll uh, we'll bring you back so um all right well you know we've uh we've covered a lot this is a definitely a jam-packed show so i'm gonna start to wind it down here um but uh let's talk a little bit about the turkey bowl (laughs) that's right
3: i had to do it
4: yeah that better than i would have done (laughs) it was very good i'm i'm excited to fish it um yeah i i actually enjoy fishing geist i haven't been, i'm trying to think i don't think i've been out there at all this year actually um but More
0: I. it's
4: one of those one of those lakes where i always tend to find at least one fish so i'm happy <laughs> you know what i mean and i've caught i've uh actually one of my biggest one of my biggest fish out of my kayak was actually two years ago the day after i was on black friday it was the day after thanksgiving <laughs> i went out and uh oh a 21 inch or on a jerk bait uh-oh which is my favorite so, way to fish so
0: yeah a, a little birdie told me you were gonna have like six different jerk baits rigged up you're gonna have six, <laughs> six rods all with jerk baits
4: uh maybe just five i'm, oh, I'm five. gonna pair down for this event because it's supposed to be uh crap i was supposed to say that i'll, I'll probably just have five
3: <laughs> so who who's all on your team
4: so i'm fishing with matt gibson and uh his uncle his name is uh jim Rizzo, i believe I fished with Jim once earlier this year up on, um, I can't think of the name of that lake now. Manitow? Water. Yeah, but, so yeah, it'll be a good time. I was hoping, I was hoping it could be the team Ica directors, right? Have Jim, Matt, and I, it'd be a lot of fun. But of course, Jim will be in Arkansas.
0: So. Yeah, that's my bad. I screwed up. <laughs> no, it's I've not. I've admitted to it. I, no, I did. <laughs> I did. I I screwed up. I I scheduled this event for the same day (laughs) as the Tournament of Champions. And maybe that wouldn't always be a big deal, but it's a big deal because I essentially took one of the winning team members from last year and uh, made it to where he couldn't defend his title. So sorry, Jackson. Uh, I apologize (laughs) once again. uh, It was not intentional. I totally screwed that up. The idea was we were trying to make it a week earlier um, just to hopefully catch some warmer weather, which. May or may not have happened, uh, but anyway, I, I do have on good authority the fish are as of right now. So you know it probably can't hurt it that bad right. that we're gonna have a cold blast come in a couple days or the day of. Um, but uh, anyway, you know on a positive note, we've got this thing is blown up.
4: Oh, man, it's unbelievable. Oh are you my up to like goodness! Like fourteen teams now?
0: No, sir. Uh-oh. Nineteen.
4: Oh, jeez.
0: 19 confirmed teams uh i've got a couple others out there that i think are coming um you know we might lose one or two you know that confirmed and end up dropping out or whatever but uh yeah it's it's blown up uh we've caught some amazing sponsors uh, a lot of cool prizes and uh you know it's already got me thinking about next year and like how to make it bigger and better um it's funny. We did this last year just to kind of like get some, um, get some people involved in Huger kayak bassin and kind of getting the word out about kayak bassin. And at that point it wasn't something where I was thinking like, Oh, this is something that we'll do every year. But um, you know, quickly realized like, Hey, this is kind of a cool thing. And, and people might dig this. And so and then this year a lot's been going on with a lot of talk around the team stuff and i think that's kind of uh flared it up you know the crossroads classic um helped it kind of spark I that I think
4: you nailed that there um yeah the the team thing is is big right especially yeah. i i don't know how to explain it um the i've team thing is one.
3: i would love to
4: yeah i i was a little leery about the crossroads thing to be honest with you because i thought the team format might be kind of iffy but it was a blast it was an absolute ton of fun to watch um you know i didn't i helped with some of the planning on it and stuff but i didn't participate in the event but i wish i could have i wish i could have been there fishing with some teams you know fishing with my team and um i i think this is this is cool and i think that's probably why you're seeing your participation grow so much is because people are interested in the team aspect of it
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, by no means do I want huger kayak bassin to become a tournament series or trail or anything like that. It was never the intention of it. Um, but I do think, I think this is a fun way to end the end the season, you know, and get everybody together one last time, get some people from outside of Indiana here, um, and have a little last hurrah. We're doing the food drive this year, which is really important to me. Um, it's something that I, I I thought about shortly after the tournament last year and um, I'm excited that we're going to have so many people participating in that. Originally the idea was just get enough food for one family. Now I'm thinking we can like deliver some food to two or three families possibly, you know, so that's going to be really cool. I'm excited about that. But uh, yeah, I, th- I I think the team thing is going to be cool. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll do like an, like a early season, Ice Buster or something team tournament too do one at the end and one at the beginning um or maybe not maybe we'll just keep it as this but uh um I'm I'm definitely excited about it
4: I I think you I think you've nailed it right like so 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 bookending the other series within the state would be great because you know we always see great numbers at our season opener because guys are itching to get out so you bookend any any of the other events so you start at the you know, start before they do and end after they do your, your guaranteed participation and, uh, yeah. and the team aspect, is just super awesome. I, I, am really excited about it.
0: Right yeah. Um, like I said, I've, I've already, like my wheels are already spinning for the next one. Um, and I, I'm really starting to kind of dig this idea of maybe doing another one at the beginning of the season and, and, and another sort of charity. I don't know what that charity would even be, but tie that in as well. Um, and then I got one other idea that I've not mentioned yet to anyone. Well, I think I mentioned to to you actually. Um, we got a big event coming up here in Indiana this year. KBF is bringing the trail series to Indiana, uh, Lake Monroe, and we've got a couple different clubs that are hosting uh tournaments in uh, conjunction with that. One of those being SIAC, kind of my home club, my group, right? Um, and I'm considering having Hoosier Kayak Bassin put together and host a boondoggle. And you again. talking? So, you know, we got a lot of people from all over. we got Lake Monroe full of campgrounds. I'm thinking we, you know, have a big camp out, get some vendors, get some of the clubs to come set up, you know, and uh, some of the local shops do some demos so um my wheels are turning on that as well so we might put out some fillers here soon on that
4: definitely a lot of opportunity yeah yeah definitely.
0: basically what i'm saying is i just am a workaholic and i like uh overloading myself with uh too many responsibilities and um <laughs> it's yeah, the I'm red beard isn't it yeah something like that <laughs>
3: all right
4: mine's white so yeah (laughs) i have a little
3: tiny beard compared to y'all it's like uh. you
0: need to get working on that
3: i do it's uh
0: yeah if you lived up here where it gets cold you would uh you'd grow (laughs) a longer one
3: it's warmer it's short you know yeah that's okay that's it
4: good excuse (laughs)
0: all right guys well wow this uh definitely was insightful i think uh you know we we're usually on the other end of the spectrum we're talking to winners of these tournaments and it's cool to to start this series that we're going to do of tournament directors uh here in in what we're calling the off season um so thanks for being the first
4: thanks for having me man it's a good time absolutely time for sure hopefully i didn't uh step on anyone's toes or anything
3: No, you did great. We appreciate you. Right on.
0: Absolutely. All right, Jason. Well, um, I always like to uh, let everybody give an opportunity to tell people where they can follow and get in touch with them. Um, So if you want to go ahead and ramble that off and say thanks to anyone, uh, the floor is yours.
4: Well, uh, thanks definitely goes out to all of our anglers that fished with us last year. We had um, 141 unique anglers throughout the season, um, which is just awesome and you know we hope we left everybody with uh with a good taste in their mouth and want to come back and fish with us again in 2020 um if not we'll do everything we can to to make things better so definitely reach out to us and you can reach out to us at um, Indiana Kayak Anglers on Facebook uh, we have a page and a group um the public group is where more of your discussion goes and the and the private page is is more of our announcements to the world um, message us on there. We'll get back with you as soon as we can. You can reach out to us at indianakayenglers dot com, and we also have a an Instagram, Indiana Kike Anglers. Um I try and post as much as I can on there, but I'm not. I'm maybe just a little too old for Instagram, but I'm trying.
0: <laughs> I feel yeah, we got to work better on our Instagram too. <laughs> uh,
4: Definitely have to uh, give an uh, one more shout out. Sorry that uh, our series sponsor. Um, for uh, 2019 Moving Water Outfitters in Zionsville. Um, they're, they're a huge fly shop um, and a huge kayak fishing shop. They've supported us uh, immensely over the years. They support all our anglers over the years and, and going forward. Uh, they deal in Bonafide, Old Town, Jackson, uh, New Canoe, and... All uh, right... I always I always feel like I forgot one, but I think those are your major brands. Carry a full line of Yakutak gear, bending branches, paddles, uh, NRS, PFDs, and uh, Sims gear for your for your wet weather that you may need this weekend. Um, they, they do it all. And then we also – I'd like to give another quick shout-out to Sun Valley Sports, actually, in Indianapolis. And while they weren't a serious sponsor for us this year um, because of the way the Hobie Bass Open Satellite event – uh played out they were actually the host for that event um, because they are the hobie dealer in indianapolis and um, not only were they gracious hosts and allow us to use their their facilities and their parking lot for headquarters uh, but they also provided all the anglers with some uh, chipotle at the end of the event so they bought burritos for everybody so that was that was pretty awesome they stepped up in a big way um that we weren't you know we weren't looking for but they definitely helped us out and uh, so that was great so we haven't uh lined up any sponsorships for 2020 yet we're still uh trying to figure out how we want to try and handle it before we reach out to the to the people that may sponsor our series but uh um those two were definitely instrumental in our in our 2019
0: very cool very cool all right jason well thank you again and uh i'm sure we'll have you back on in the future and uh, appreciate I'm you taking time out of your
4: evening man any any time man i'd love to come back we'll, we'll good luck at turkey you. yeah good all luck right. at the turkey ball thanks man i'll, I'll show you the winning jerk bait
0: <laughs> all right buddy well we'll talk to you soon we're gonna we're gonna talk about a couple of things here and uh we'll uh we'll catch you later
4: see you guys later thanks
2: this segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your jig order. All right guys, welcome back. We
0: just finished up with uh Jason from Indiana Kayak Anglers. That was pretty awesome. Uh Dan, I it was it was really cool for me to sit there and talk to a tournament director. It's first time I've ever really sat down and talked to a tournament director like that. and uh, I think it's definitely a cool thing for our listeners as well.
3: I think just sitting there, just listening to them, how they're making decisions, it was just all real thoughtful. And you can definitely tell why more people are fishing their series every year and why, they're, why it's ran so well and why people would want to fish it. Because if you have three people like that managing it, that they're definitely doing the right thing.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Setting the bar for sure. Um, well, you know, this week uh, we didn't really recap any tournaments next week. We will have a short recap because uh, this weekend we got a couple events coming up. So the first one, you know, Paddle and Finn uh, sponsoring this event. We've been talking a lot about it, the Turkey Bowl. Um, and uh, for those of you that that aren't aware of what that is by now, I'll go over it real quick. Uh, That's going to be held on Geist Reservoir here in Indiana. Um, That's ran by uh, my group um, that I founded and and co-founded with Alan Reed called Hoosier Kayak Bass. And we're not a tournament organization or anything like that. Uh, We're just a group that uh, is here to kind of, um, the goal is to bringing all of the anglers in indiana all the tournament directors in indiana and trails and clubs together uh so that we can uh, promote each other and, and and you know just make the the sport better here in indiana um and then we're also going to be hosting a food drive so it's going to be a charity event as well so that's a three-man team tournament uh, as i stated earlier when we we're talking to jason we're expecting around 75 anglers uh so uh, it's going to be pretty cool. we got about 20 teams signed up right now, uh, just shorter, just over there. Um, so really excited about it. It's going to be best three bass, three-man teams. Um, should be a good one. So we'll be finally talking about the results of that on the next episode.
3: The Somebody day- please beat the Trash Panda team from the paddling thing. <laughs> now they're paddling fin hosts. Somebody please- <laughs> Yeah, they don't got a chance, man. That ain't happening. <laughs>
0: that you know they originally tried to call themselves the champs oh lord isn't that ridiculous and then they didn't even fish last year and they're trying to claim the champs wow anyway um they got one part of their name right though trash trash that's right (laughs) um but anyway so we got another big national event going on um and that's the Tournament of Champions, Hobie Bass Open Series Tournament of Champions, held on the same day as Turkey Bowl, uh, Sunday, November tenth. And my goodness,
3: Lord, the- I, I, it's the field is ridiculous. And the crazy thing is, some of the best fishermen and the and fisher women in the country are going to get last place and next to last. I mean, I it's that that field is so stacked. I like I would love to go watch it for the shootout that they're having. And I think they're giving away AJ announcer, giving away four spots. Man, it'd be awesome to fish it, but some people are going to get their feelings hurt.
0: I I mean, a literal who's who of yeah. kayak bass fishing. I mean, when you look at that field, there's not a name on there, you don't know. That yeah. if you follow this sport at all, it is it is crazy how stacked that field is. Um and that lake has, you know, had a lot of tournaments on it this year, but it should be cooling off and should be getting good. So I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of sacks these guys are going to put up.
3: And, and just props to AJ for putting the series together and Hobie putting it together. They, went, they set out to create a real elite tournament of champions, and that's exactly what it's come to be.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I don't think anybody can disagree with that statement right there. Um, so yeah, looking forward to following that. We'll be posting links to that, uh, on, uh, the paddle and fin, um, Facebook pages Friday so that you guys can follow those on iAngler and uh, it's man, it's just going to be really cool. So I'm excited about that. Well, that, that pretty much wraps up, uh, you know, what we're going to be recapping next week, what we're looking forward to. Uh, but for next week we're going to continue this tournament director series Uh, we're going to be bringing on another tournament director from your neck of the woods
3: that's right uh steve owens he's one of the most respected nicest guys in kayak fishing he actually got second not only is a is he a tournament director for tennessee valley kayak anglers which is that tennessee river area that region uh some of the he set that up with ryan lambert another name you would know uh just one of the best fishermen in the country and the nicest kind of guy you would ever want to meet uh he, and he actually got second in the gunnersville hobie uh hobie open and he'll be fishing the tournament of champions and be able to give us a recap of that and be able to tell us about uh, his series that's coming up and I'll tell you one tournament that they just had their season just ended and it's actually starts in November at the week after he's going to be on the show, but he, um, they have their championship is an Ironman tournament. The only one I've ever heard of. And they do, he can tell us more about it, but it's like a three day event where you can start on Friday afternoon and fish all the way to Sunday afternoon. And it's your best five fish. So I want to hear more about that tournament, something super interesting, and be able to give us a recap from Tournament of Champions and just be able to hear from a nice guy and and somebody who's been around for a long time and super knowledgeable.
0: Yeah, sounds like it'll be another jam-packed show for the listeners, so uh, that's exciting stuff. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for hanging in. If you've listened all the way through this one, this is probably the longest episode we've recorded, but I think definitely some good content. We appreciate you guys, and uh, we'll see you next week on the rail down. Thanks for listening.
2: Peace. Go check out the website guys, paddle the letter N and fin dot com. Also check out YouTube, youtube.com forward slash paddle and fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We're doing giveaways, announcements, things like that at Facebook and Instagram at paddle and fin. Shout out to our show supporters Rocktown Adventures, Leveling Canoe and Kayak, Hammered Lures, Fish Mob Lures, TRC Covers, Catch Products.